Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am, as always, the hard to find station on the AM, and with me, other mountain goats lyrics. <laughs> Hello, I am drowning, and there's no sign of Adam. You are coming down with me. Sybil on microphone band. And I hope you die. I hope we both die. Uh, hi, hi, hello, we're back. Uh, what are we doing today? We're continuing. Um, so, this is January, and in January we decided to talk about four. Now there are five, because we realized there's five weeks in January. Um, records that came out last year, and that were good, because last year we did a roundup that was a single episode where we talked about... 40 records and that was horrible so now we're doing it we're talking about five records in five episodes for one year and today we're talking about a record that is not pop punk at all but i needed to find the fifth record quick before january ended and i like this record this record is good this record reminded remind this record reminds me of when i used to listen to real music and not just pop punk <laughs> This record is one of the most Sybil-feeding treats you could have picked, so thank you. Oh yeah, I figured you'd really enjoy this. I, I figured actually Adam would also really enjoy this, but Adam is not here, so... Adam, much like Bob Saget, has been found dead in Las Vegas. Rip Adam. May he rest in peace. Uh, Oliver Drosak. Can you just move your Prius? <laughs> You're gonna do that to me, huh? I am I am definitely gonna do that to you. <laughs> uh, Jesus does hate to lay anyhow. <laughs> well speaking of things that Jesus would hate, we're talking about the new pagans, the seed, the vessel, the roots and all. Yes! I, it's a really good record. It's the the bat record and uh, and it's great. It came out last year and I really enjoyed it, and then I listened to it again and I enjoyed it even more. It's cool. Spoilers, I also enjoyed this record. They are a post-punk, alt-rock, sort of like indie-ish. I don't know how to describe them because it's that kind of post-punk that is like sort of not as post-punky as a lot of the more experimental band. And it's more like sort of straightforward, sort of like indie pop mixed with post-punk. They're very good. I really like this stuff. And um, they're from Belfast? Northern Ireland. They're your buddies. Oh, yeah. They're from, from the, the part of the world that your heritage is from. Uh, I was very concerned for a little that they were going to be some sort of weird neo-Nazi thing based on some early uh, symbolism, but... Oh, uh, yeah, because once... I mean, one song is called Bloody Soil. <laughs> yeah. However, once I found out they came from Northern Ireland, it's like, all right, that tracks. Look, they're from, like, the British Isles, which I guess is the collective name for all those bits of lands in the ocean. Um, they might be still turf. Who knows? 
Uh, they probably aren't based on some of the about things on their website. Throughout their debut album, the New Pagans used their creative influence to challenge past and present issues surrounding relationships, equality, history, and gender, all wrapped up in their post-punk indie rock style. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Post-punk indie rock, that's a great definition for them. It's almost what I said, but like, about 40 sentences shorter. I also noticed that uh, the only person who is visible clearly on their photo of the band is the one person who shows their face in the videos. Everyone else is blurred out to some degree. <laughs> oh, the good old SR-71 technique. Well, part of that also comes down to there are what I believe are probably multiple members of the band in some of the videos, but they are hiding faces with veils or masks or... There's a lot to unpack in the symbology of their filming. Yeah, I really like the videos. They're like very VHS-y. They're pretty cool. They feel like they have been recorded on old media. Yeah. They feel they've been recorded for very cheap, which is not bad. It's like a, it's like cool shit. Do we want to talk about this record? I absolutely do. I want to talk about this record at length. Yeah, we start with It's Darker. And it is. What a fucking great opening! Um, this is not my favorite song of the record, but it comes really close. Just like an explosive opening, I described this as metric meets post-punk. Yes, I also listed this as very metric-like. Yeah, it's metric, but with like this added darkness. They are so good at songwriting, I think they're, they just infuse the post-punk sort of vibes with so much just catchiness and structure and like pop aggressive stuff this is such a good song so what we need to describe is about half of this album has videos for it Mm -hmm. they were likely shot within the same day or two it also like it is a thing with like newer bands because like you release singles for like three years before you actually do a record nowadays so it's like you might as well do videos for them Yeah, one of the tracks on this, uh, the video was from 2017, so they've been working up to this for a bit. But uh, the reason I mention the videos is that, uh, especially as a Depeche Mode-loving gal, there's a lot of Songs of Faith and Devotion-style cracking Catholic imagery all throughout these videos, or... Christian iconography held in maybe not the most reverence or and sometimes it's subtle sometimes it's what's on screen with a certain lyric sometimes it's sometimes it's a it's a marble statue with blood on it <laughs> yeah uh, this one especially the imagery in this feels like how a devil man series kicks off the final act when Armageddon begins because there's jungles and bloody idols of Mary and skulls under glass Look, I'm just done playing Shin Megami Tensei V, and this feels like 
this like feels like it fits. <laughs> yeah. Have have you seen have you seen in the, in the game like the the very subtle bit where the angel just transforms into like a tokusatsu villain? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Yeah, that was um that was one of my first final bosses. I did the red route first. Yeah, I I I thought about that and um whatever the the Japan's president. Yeah, I haven't seen what the Bethel boss looks like. But yeah, like I really like the video, and to to uh, reiterate a joke that I made off air to Adam a while ago, post punk is when there's marble statues in your videos, which I feel is an accurate general description. Hmm. I guess that puts talk talk as post rock rather than punk. Then okay. Uh no, this is great. Love the video. Love the song. Good shit. <laughs> Uh, there's, speaking of video games and things that could relate to this, a line that a buddy of mine called out as the most Grant Morrison line not from a work he wrote, which is the line in Psychonauts 2, isn't a seed just a very slow bomb? And especially with the lyrical content on here and the description, we strive for victory so lovely things can grow. Oh, I love that line. Yes. Yeah. That is also on my notes. There's a lot of this record that feels like we are not here to say overthrow everything tomorrow. We are here to say the world can be different if you want to lay forward those tracks with us. Mm -hmm. Lyrically, this is very sparse. I don't think there's a lot of lyrical density, but there are a lot of just very evocative images that are spoken in the lyrics, which I'm into. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's difficult to find, like, well, there are, like, stor literal story songs in the record, but most of them are, like, sort of, like, very abstract, but, like, in a good way. Why don't we talk about Bloody Soil? But no, this is like my favorite song on the record. This is just like nails, just like the sound that they're going for. And there's like excellent, like the guitar throughout this record, but especially in the song is so good. It's like this great mix of very energetic, but also like post-punk darkness in it. This is the kind of verse uh, chorus structure that really works for me, where it's like, it builds, it builds, it builds all of this tension and then it's released in like this fucking super catchy chorus. That's great. This is my favorite song of the record. Please go on. This one does not feel so much like Metric to me. This feels like mid-90s Courtney Love and Hole screaming obscenities on the beach. That's... I love that vibe. I think that that chorus still feels a lot like the best sort of metric pop track, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is like a very rock record. Like it's a very like rock is back record, but not in the jet way, in like a good way. I felt this way a couple of years ago. I think this was a 2020 record, uh, which was the um, 
not the last Ice Age record, which was last year, uh, the record that Ice Age released uh, two years ago or three years ago, where they took like this post-punk structure and like made it a lot more accessible, made it a lot like old school, like sort of like 70s rock. And this doesn't, this feels more 90s than 70s as we made the um, metric connection, but it does feel like that, like taking the sort of post-punk darkness, post-punk-like harshness and adapting it to like a mainstream rock structure, which I think it's so good. You know, you don't compare this with the kind of like black midi post-rock, post-punk, because that that is more experimental, but this is more in your face, it's more structured, it's more like just like making good songs. And you know, I... I host a pop-punk podcast. I like good songs. I like catchy songs. I like accessibility and pop in my music. I can like things that are more experimental, but a solid rock track will always get me. And this is just so many, like, really solid rock tracks. And this rules. That's so good. How about we dip back into the realm of video with track three, Charlie Has the Face of a Saint. I actually haven't watched the Charlie Has the Face of a Saint record, uh, video, uh, but my first note on this is Incel Love Song, Incel Love Song. See, I think of it very much, I'm looking at it in a Songs of Faith and Devotion style, where, you know, I'm yours if I wanted to be, you're easy to have when you're down on your knees, crawling about in the dirt for me, I couldn't even try to love you. But also, there's a theme on this record, and it's overt on the final track, but we really start here. Charlie has struggled since school. He just can't fit in. There's just no room. He's stuck with his parents until 42. They have desperate figures, don't they? The new pagans, I don't think you'll be surprised, are not the fondest of Christians and especially Catholics. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's very shocking, but there's also the fact that this is a song that is about someone who is just so unhealthily attached to the parents that they cannot get away. They do not want to get away and the parents are not pushing them. And we've got a song where there's womb metaphors via filters on a camera outdoors with red looking at the sky through all sorts of veins of tree branches. I thought this one came close to dragging. It's one of the longer tracks at four minutes. It's one of the longer tracks we're covering this week. Oh, I, I, I noted that you would not like the outro to this. I do. I think it's great. I think the, the song sort of like goes for what it seemed that it's going to be the bridge of the song and then just extends it for like 
two manas into the outro, and I think that's like really cool. I think that's like really interesting structurally, but I also noted that, let's me find the note. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, as, and as I noted, Sybil will hate it, but I'm there for it. Uh, part of it is the videos got my attention just because they were playing around with a lot of visual metaphor on them. So I don't have as much notation about some of the tracks. However, this one, I think, lost me a bit because the video begins repeating footage halfway in. The song itself, pretty all right. It's, I feel like an extra verse would have given it a little more to it because as it is, you know, your Charlie with the face of a saint is just a guy who never left the nest. Yeah, no, musically, like, this is the proof. This is probably one of the first on-air proof that I don't fucking hate slow song. This is a slower song, but it's so good. Uh, it's not necessarily a ballad, but it is a slower song. And, like, it has, again, interesting guitar works. The guitars are not just there to provide background music. They actually create an interesting textured mood. Mm -hmm. All of the instruments go quiet. There's interesting structure. Like, when the verse builds, there's, like, all of the instruments sort of go quiet. There's good dynamics here. The first chorus is really explosive. It has a sing-along bit. There is a bit of melodic weirdness with the spoken bit at the end of the chorus, which I like. It gives like a lot of heterogeneity to the um, to the song, and it even though it rinse and repeat a lot, uh, it ends with this like I think really smart move of going into a bridge and then sustaining it as an outro. That's a good song. I'm gonna say this a lot on this record. This is a good song. <laughs> it is a solid little track. Uh, the next one is probably my weakest. Track four was I Could Die. The video is just cut and paste art collages of iconography while they sing. Uh, I think this was probably the earliest track they created on the album, which might be why it seems so rough. Because the video up for it is from 2017. To me, it doesn't feel rough, but it's definitely the more like Ice Age or like classic post punk kind of track. Uh, it's grimier, it has. Like, it's more of, like, a mood piece. It has less of that, like, sort of, like, indie rock edge that a lot of their other tracks have. Um, I could see it. Like, it's very different from the rest of the record, so I could see you not liking it. It's um, it's very much, like, the least accessible, more, like, post-punky and less, like, you know, has almost none of the sort of indie, like, twee sort of uh, vibe that a lot of songs add on top of the darkness. It's just, like, purely post-punk shit. I like it. I get. I, I do get why someone might not like it in the context of this album. It's firmly okay. I think it is my choice for weakest track on the album, but that doesn't make it a bad track. 
I just think that means it's got the least for me to grab at, especially since the chorus is basic and the verse is talking about, yes, here is the title drop of the album, and then here is us deconstructing the title drop of the album. And that's it. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it's more of a mood piece than, like, all of the other songs are very, like, structured pop song, in a way, or at least mainstream rock song. This is the more, like, you know, experimental sort of thing that they do on this record, and yeah, I get it. If anyone, like, listening to us really like this track, though, definitely check out, like, uh, Plowing Into the Field of Love by Ice Age, that record rules, and it's very much like this. I'll have to look this up. But you hate this track. I don't hate it. I said it is the least. We're on the internet. You either love something or you hate it. I would be very curious to see what an album you say is reminiscent of this track is like. How's that? But you either love a thing or you hate it. This is the internet. You have to express polarized opinion to maximize click monetization. Ellie, I could just click over to my Steam icon right now and see seven games that I've played 500 hours of, which I don't think I could say I love or hate. I don't even have to scroll. You want you want to play chicken with me on this? I can do it. Let's play chicken with you on this. Right up here, I have Left 4 Dead 2, which I have 591.6 hours in. It is a game that I think is very tightly designed which the community has kept alive, and at least when I was finishing it originally... The gay community? The gay community has helped Left 4 Dead survive, as evidenced by the fact that, and I did not remember this when I picked it up recently on a reinstall, I had chosen a Steam Workshop mod that put uh, Coach in high heels and fishnets. Okay, okay, okay. But also, I think it is a game where if it were not for those mods, would not have had nearly as much love for me because there was a thing Friends and I did when it first came out uh, two, three years past its release where we found these Japanese servers that tried turning the game into a sort of JRPG with elements. I have a lot of memories of it and, you know, still play it here and there now, but it's also one of those things that's like, Mm. Would I recommend this to someone for the first time, especially knowing how toxic the hardcore community are? Yeah. Okay, this was a Sybil review of Left 4 Dead 2. I warned you. How about we go on to track 5, Lily Yates? Lily Yates? I knew you were going to say it that way. <laughs> Huck a lady. It has a very interesting feedbacky opening, and it's a long intro. It's about a minute before anyone sings. But this is the first 
I mean, it's not the first. There's a theme of feminism and the oppression of society and systems all throughout this record, but it's the first one that's really talking about do not feel alone. Other women are suffering the same way you are. Cool. I like the song. I think this is a really solid rock song. Uh, it has some... This is like probably one of the darkest songs musically on the record. Uh, it has some almost bluesy bits in the, um, in the ver- verse that I like. And it's really interesting because the singer's voice, as I was mentioning before, does have this sort of like, almost like indie rock twee quality to it. It's not like a stereotypical like rock song voice. And I feel that it's like a really cool contrast. They just got this like very dark instrumentation and very like harsh like rock songs, or at least very like sort of like post-rocky, post-punky rock songs. And the singing, the, the style of singing sort of like complements it, but also contrasts it. And you've got this really cool sound from it. Um, no, that's good. That's good shit. Uh, this is also the first track that has the male vocalist singing on it on the record. Only track, I think. Or rather. It might be the only one. I just know I took note of that as I was going through on the re-listen. It's very much a guitarist or whatever. I don't know who, if it's the bassist of the guitarist or whoever who sings. But it's yeah, there's very no much credits a, for this anywhere I yeah, can find. Uh, it's very much the non-front person of a band sings the off part in that it doesn't sound great, but it sounds appropriate. <laughs> whoever is singing doesn't sound like a singer, but sounds appropriately gritty for what the song is doing. <laughs> This track feels like it wants to be oppressive and sort of off-putting in a lot of ways. Between the feedbacky opening, the long, slow bit, it's got a grime to the production on it. And yeah, as you mentioned, uh, a counter It has grimes thing. on production? Oh no. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. If only she would grab a fucking power line like her father and die. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Sibold. Sibold. I can't make a Frank Grimes joke? <laughs> yes, you can, but you're still wishing someone to die. I get the joke. It's just very dark. <laughs> it's not like her child will be any worse off for it without her. No, imagine being raised only by Elon Musk. I disagree oh, he's on that not point. going to raise anything. <laughs> Do you think that dude has talked about his kid once since it was born? And it is an it to him. I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point he will make an NFT out of his kid, but sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, Lily Yates would definitely murder Elon Musk. That's the point <laughs> of this song. Agreed. So from there, we go on to Admire.
Yeah, this they suddenly go like full dream pop on this song, and I love it. This is a good song. It's very evocative. Um, it's like it's not anything groundbreaking. Like you've definitely see if you've listened to music that is not. You know, <laughs> If unlike us, you've listened to music that is not pop-punk in the last 10 years, you've heard this kind of production and you've heard this kind of texture on this kind of like guitar-driven um, dream pop song. Uh, but it's still good. It's like, this is like the le least interesting song of the record. But that doesn't make it less good. I think this is very pleasant. It has some really fucking evocative lyrics. It's love as graceless as it seems, which is the repeated chorus. It's like, oh, that's such a great line. Um, yeah, it sounds a lot like... I like to describe it like a more guitar-driven JSON. Uh, this is another one with a video. It is the first to actually show a human face clearly with no statues or thick masks or anything in the way. And... Um... Bloody Soil is like, okay, maybe you could go with it. This was the first one that really had me googling around, are these neo-Nazis? <laughs> but... Really? Why? I guess it has sort of like a return to the old ways kind of vibe. Yeah, but let's preserve happen. our old ways, our frail ways, our fading beauty. Let's preserve them always. Okay, but I <laughs> I don't think that's about what you think. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But that was the line that made me start going, are we listening to some rune shit? <laughs> no, we're Did not. Did Varg do this? Oh, the Lord of the Rings, dude? <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. It is... Yeah, let us let us, I, I, they're not neo-Nazi. Let us let us just plainly state that they are. They are not. We will be again. I did go digging around. A lot of this makes sense in that context of who they are. So about this song. Yeah, no. Uh, Admire is this album's version of a love song, and it turns out it's a little undecided on whether love as a positive thing as a whole. Yeah, I, I like the song. I think musically this is very pleasant and very nice. The guitar outro kicks. Yeah. This is the, a song where I, write my, where I wrote my note that's like, oh, I miss when I used to listen to like music like this instead of listening to just pop punk for this show. <laughs> I used to have good music taste at some point. I know that's, in, that's like unbelievable now, but... Also, like, talking about the video and how this is the first time that they show someone in the band without an extremely covered face, uh, we don't get to talk about gender envy in this podcast a lot, but the singer of this band is so pretty. That's it. That's my comment. I think I have described one or two vocalists in this January batch as being uh, lovely women. Fair. Fair. Uh, Harbour with a U, so you can tell that they're from the European continent.
this one has another another video, and this one is covered in harvest metaphor with wheat everywhere, duality metaphors with mirrored shots, and uh, our vocalist mirrored on herself holding different objects. Also, kick out the church spoken in imagery, but not said quite aloud with certain lyrics matching with on-screen cracked and broken items. Cool. Uh, this is one of the poppiest songs of the record, but it's really fun. Like, it has a really good chorus, and I like the song. And so I don't have a lot to say about it, because this is the more, like, guitar-driven indie rock song, like indie pop, guitar-driven indie pop song. Not saying, you know, there's nothing really to analyze here, but it it's fun. It has a good single, it has some good contrast between the sort of somber, quiet guitars of the verse and then the shouted, shouted chorus. Good shit. I mean, there's also the part where it's about a mother carrying a child she may or may not want, but is using as an excuse to go on staying with the husband before she possibly flees. I mean, yeah, you know that I don't read lyrics because they make me sad. I'm tired and weak. I give up, concede to you. I'm hungry and I need a subtle little kick. Posing for him, tearing my skin, I might give up and throw you out. But then the chorus is pretty open about, you know, hey, you will bear my name, so carry all my love. Months and months of growing involving you and me. It's just you and me now. Killer solo on this track, too. The harbor is holding a baby in you. Okay, in me? That's unlikely. You know, it's unlikely for both of us, but science is doing such amazing things now, Ellie. Honestly, the one cool thing about being trans is we don't get to get babies on us. Please don't reverse that on me. Ellie, I have terrible news. Look, I hate pain and I hate kids. There's no fucking upside in being pregnant for me. days trapped in a yellow haze it's getting worse it's getting worse strained and boarded in feeding on the young man's skin it's getting worse Another, another, another video. Uh, now with evil eye imagery and drowning, prison towers intercut with chapels, and masks on masks on masks. Ooh, love myself some masks. Are they luchador masks? Uh, there are stone masks. There are uh, bandage masks that have eyes and mouths sewn onto them in a sort of evil eye reflection kind of thing, covering up the face of the person wearing it. There are swords planted in the ground in the shape of crosses, which are underneath the waves. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, my only note on this is that this goes back to, you know, the metric comparison. This feels a lot like sort of like a harsher metric track, and I'm there for it. This is good. Mm -hmm. Turns out by track, as with all of the records that we talk about... By track eight, I'm sort of running out of things to say. It's okay. Uh, this one is just incredibly unpleasant if you think about the lyrics. It's 
all but saying, yeah, no, this is one of those things where the husband just said, oh, it's terrible she didn't make it after what may or may not have been an illness or abuse or something else. But that's, you know, the end of it being he can say he didn't pull me out alive and he can take it all and he can have his lies and he can cut me off and he can sympathize. It never happened. So it never happened now. It never happened. Uh, again, certain parts of the history of the region involving the church might make sense with that. If you're aware of some of the history of Catholicism and the Irelands, there were a lot of not amazing things done with the unwed or those who were abandoned by a husband because you could just be put into covenants that were basically work camps where you would be left to die. Wow, history is horrible. Yes. That is why I don't learn about history, ever. Oh, to none! This is an interesting start, a different instrumentation, uh, an angrier distortion on this one, as well as the band dropping their own title uh, in the middle of it. Yes, we are the new pagans. We make post-punk music. Our record has a red and green cover. Those are not the lyrics. <laughs> um... I did have an inner argument with myself about the lines, burn all the scrolls, we'll make our own. I, I get, Let's burn the scrolls, rewrite our own. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the historian in me does hate that logic, but I also understand the vibe it's going for is tear down the rules and create better ones. Yeah, are you one of those people who are like, you should not tear down uh, slaver statues? It's more that I am the kind of person who thinks of the current challenge of trying to, in an age where data can be saved easily and does not have to be in physical form, preserve a lot of things which will be lost to the ether forever because nobody thought them important until we suddenly need it for something. So active destruction of that is the sort of thing that makes me wonder. But think about this. We live in a post-truth reality. As much as you can preserve truth, it is indistinguishable from, you know, anything that I could come up with or someone else with cloud could come up with. So what's the point in preserving anything if we live in a world in which we literally can create our own reality and has the same validity of actual reality? <sighs> History is dead. Are you trying to depress me, Ellie? Yes! <laughs> this is your revenge for all the Irish history, isn't it? <laughs> Look, that is, that is what my brain thinks about constantly. I cannot do anything about it. <laughs> I will 
buy you bootleg SSRIs. <laughs> I don't want them. Let's be honest. I shouldn't be just prescribing them to you from across the sea. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing a lot of things medically, but here I am. <laughs> I was reading about how, like, the new plan for the UK is to just, like, not just pretend COVID doesn't exist, like removal of the fucking COVID restriction, and call it the living with COVID plan. And I'm like, yeah, the world is fucked. Oh, no, the the UK is basically engaging in genocide. And, and on multiple levels. <laughs> yes. The UK favorite pastime is genocide. I really fucking hope Scotland gets out of there. The, um, the Scottish independent uh, try, uh, hashtag was trending again like t- today, and it's like, oh god, I hope for you you get out. Also, just since I don't think we've discussed this on a mic yet, you think the Queen's a deepfake and dead already? Does it matter? I think there's a certain incredibly funny metaphor for the British Empire as a whole. Anyhow, do you have more about Ode to None? No, I don't think we have talked about Ode to None in a while. What is the next song? Next up is Natural Beauty. Probably my least favorite song of the record. I don't think it's bad, but I feel it lacks a lot of the musical edge on the rest of the record. It's more of a straightforward sort of indie pop song. And I don't think it's bad. It's just that in the context of this record, it feels too poppy. It feels like uh, less harsh, less... There is a vibe that this record creates. And this sort of like is not that vibe. And I don't have any like critique on it aside from that it's like perfectly fine for what it is but it's a bit too lightweight for the context of this record for me it does sort of feels like this like taken from another record it's not taken from a bad record it's just taken from somewhere else and it doesn't really work in the context of this as a as an experience as a coherent experience I still think I Could Die is my lowest on the album, but this is a very close second, so I'm with you there. It's incredibly repetitive, it's slightly more interesting musically, but god, these lyrics are just, as you said, basic indie pop nothings. And it's also like really long. It is not the longest song of the record, but for what it is, it feels like it should be like one minute shorter. Hey! Do you want to say the quiet part loud? We can go on to track 11. Shit, take it slow. Christian girl. 
Yeah, I think I can just let you talk about this song. This is Christian Boys, and I think you can just go off on this. My one note on this is that this sounds very Cure-ish uh, for a lot of things, like pop-era Cure. Um, but please go off on this song. <laughs> so, yeah. A, uh, this has a great sound. Uh, I didn't think of The Cure, but yeah, this this is an excellent closer to me. Longest song on the record. And... All right, so the whole thing, and it took me a couple of listens to get this. Yes, I listened to a nearly six-minute song repeatedly for this show, just making sure I got this right, is the fact that it is. it seems like it's either dishing about a specific ex or a dating history, but the whole gist is, you know what, fuck you. I'm not going to be your good girl. I'm not coming to your church. I'm not changing who I am for you. And it is just a large, here is an open red flag to anyone. Christian boys are the single worst people you should date. And any Christian girls who feel like they are stuck in that realm should take every relationship with these men slowly. Because you will see if you do not get swept up in their weird passion, that they just want to consume you and own you and make you theirs rather than be a partner. But the singer is talking that like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to sin. You've got your shame. You've got your problems. That is on you. I will be the thing that you hate because it makes me feel comfortable and better as a human wonderful I'm sinning like a queen again the chorus is just like Christian boys are the worst I know repeated over and over <laughs> yeah and Christian girls should take it slow uh, this, I, I, the first time I listened to this song and I was thinking about doing this for the show I was like yeah this will set off him <laughs> he and the outro is again that the part that takes it to a very is this calling out a specific X. I'm not your guilt after all, and I'm not your sin anymore, and I'm not your guilt anymore, and I'm not your vice when you fall. Because, yeah, no. You know what? As an ex-Christian boy, and as someone who has been in or around relationships with them, yes, I 100% know this feeling. I have 100% seen that no, it turns out this whole thing. I should have saved her. I did nothing wrong. I was fine the whole time, but I could have done more for her. It is never any kind of self-reflection. It is never I drove her away. No, it will always be, oh, I didn't do enough and no self-analysis whatsoever. And it is the kind of thing that makes you want to just whip out a matchbook, light it on your teeth, and fling it at their fucking shoe. <laughs> so, final thoughts on this. <laughs> I might have also gotten a little personal with that last one. Let's just leave that alone. <laughs> I like this ending.
Another final thoughts on this record. <laughs> this is wonderful, and I look forward to seeing what the new pagans do in future. Hopefully, now that they have a record deal and are putting things together as a whole, they have something come out a little faster than the last one, but if it takes just as much time to be this good, I'm perfectly willing to wait. Yeah, this is, this is a great record. I mean, I said most of the things that I was going to say during the tracks. Uh, this is good stuff. I I really enjoy this. I really enjoy that there's this, re not recent, but like last five years or so, trend of taking like post-punk sounds and making them more accessible and building like actually really good like mainstream rock songs out of them. I think it creates like a really good contrast and a really good sound and it's sort of like... It rules. This, this record is just like so fucking great to listen, very listenable. And if you want to buy it, the record is again the seed, the vessel, the root and all. You can find it at newpagans.bandcamp.com. You can also follow the band on Twitter at newpagansband. And uh, and that's it. That, that, is the, that is the second episode that we record today. And... Uh, and we're done. We're free. We're free of the curse of the contemporary, to quote a lamp song. Do you want to hear the line that will hit you the way Christian boys hit me? Sure. Brandon Flowers of the Killers performs at Senator Harry Reid's funeral. The band was his final music request before he died. <laughs> I don't know who that senator is, though. <laughs> Again, you expect me to oh. know American senators for some reason. I am not from the US. <laughs> okay, never mind then. Ignore that. Also, I don't like the killers. Well, good news. You could continue to not like them easily. Same song, different chorus. So this was an episode. You can find our website at getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can add us on Twitter at ggottpodcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on everywhere where you can find podcasts on. If you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoyed anything or if you want to be not transphobic, please rate and review us. You get one free use. If you, I'm gonna say this. If you rate and review us, you get one free use of the word trap for the year. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to take that as soon as I heard the start of that sentence. Okay, okay, that's probably the most classy choice. Uh, alternative take: If you rate and review us, you can buy the new Harry Potter game or whatever and not be transphobic. <laughs> No, no, we're not forgiving that. If you buy that despite every sign against it, you might not be transphobic. You're using your one pass on that, but you are dumber than a pants on head. I don't know what the goblin goblins in that series did that, right? Some race, some race in that stupid series ended up wearing clothing and the wrong parts of their body. And they were just like, it's their culture. No. When, when Harry Potter was a thing, I was the right age, but I was weird, so I was reading, like, Asimov and Philip K. Dick, so it was never my thing. I don't know. Fist of the North Star is out in English now. You should read that instead of Harry Potter. Sure. Uh, the new John Darnielle book is out. I haven't read it, but that's probably good. It's probably better than Harry Potter. 
Have you seen all of the fucking tweets by fucking conservatives who are now like J.K. Rowling is the best like writer of the last 100 years or whatever? Yes, but those people are soulless and just want to score points rather than do anything. It's really, it's just really funny. Like there was a whole thing, J.K. Rowling is the first author to ever have class matter in their books. Yeah, yeah, no, again, if I allowed that sort of thing to hurt me, I would have put a gun in my mouth by now, but I can't. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. It's just, hila- it's just hilarious to me that like, you know, like liking really shit fiction to, to own the libs is just like so funny to me. That's exactly it. There's just a certain soulless type of gremlin who will only exist for the purpose of scoring points against some imaginary boogeyman and making their own life miserable for it. And most of the ones espousing that are either too dumb to realize they're being played, or just feel nothing and want to make people miserable. That's it. Do you have anything to plug, Fable? You know what I'm going to plug? Fist of the North Star, currently being released by Viz in wonderful hardcovers. It's a series that I thought I would pick up solely for historical reasons, but it turns out it's pretty fucking good. Have you ever heard the... Um the Italian opening theme for the anime, because it rules. No, but I want to now. It's like a very, like, prog, 70s prog pop opening, which is amazing. This is, like, what if Giorgio Moroder composed the theme song to Fist of the North Star? This rules. Anyhow, also, yeah, this this is great. Thank you. We'll be back next week with American Hi-Fi. American Hi-Fi. The Art of Losing. (laughs) Goodbye. See ya. This kicks ass.
la tierra que tremó. Stella de rosa maggiore, stella su di noi, Do you think that's what she dreams about when she has nightmares? It's just me out there somewhere going, ooh, panty sale. <laughs> I'm just saying that if J.K. Rollins listened to this podcast, um, she would probably write a book about us. <laughs> if J.K. Rowling's listening to this podcast, it's going to end with her shooting a Walkman like that Matt Groening caricature from The Simpsons. Get out of my office! <laughs> That's how that goes. Do you think uh, we could get J.K. Rowling as a guest on the on this podcast? What What do you think would be the most J.K. Rowling pop punk record to review? the The best thing I could offer her to, that would get her on this show would be if I detransitioned. And guess what? She wouldn't show up for that. She could just pay someone to do that cheaper. <laughs> Start the transition. You're already the transitioning. I should be the one the transitioning. Then I can go back to the UK. <laughs> Look, I'm pretty. I'm pretty oh, sure with Brexit they just won't give you a visa if you're trans. Yeah, I think that's the all. Of the, all of this bit will be like an ending bonus bit. <laughs> Good, please. Let's just cut this from the middle at least. Such a wild <laughs> digression. <laughs>